my pleasure to welcome you to the Clark Howard Show, where our mission is to serve and empower you so you make better financial decisions in your life. In today's episode, I want to talk about hospital pricing. You know, this is an area that is the probably the biggest problem in healthcare costs. Hospitals have conspired to prevent people to comparison shop. And if you look at where the cost of medical care has skyrocketed in the last 20 years, it's all on the hospitals. Doctors, not at all. Nurses, not at all. Pharmaceuticals, well, they're somewhat a problem. But the whole ball game has been the hospitals. And the hospitals have fought every possible way doing what they're supposed to do, which is give you the ability to comparison shop. They are required by law to allow you to know the price of a procedure based on your individual health care coverage, if you have insurance, or what it costs if you don't. But do you know an investigation, an exclusive investigation by the Wall Street Journal found that hospitals are using code that software developers have come up with to hide their pricing. So they're complying with the letter of the law. The pricing is there on the hospital websites, but then they use coding to hide the prices. So when you go to comparison shop, you can't. This is disgusting you know people have been fighting about obamacare since what 2009 2010 whatever and before obamacare during obamacare whatever comes after obamacare the problem is not how we insure people the problem is all on the cost side and it's all with these hospitals that conspire against the best interests of our country. And I'll tell you what, most hospitals in the United States are nonprofit systems. They pay their administrators endless millions of dollars in salary and perks and all that. And then they hide behind nonprofit status and don't pay taxes. I think what we do is simple. Any hospital that does not comply with the law and disclose prices loses its nonprofit status and then also is then forced to comply with the law. Because the idea of having nonprofit status is to serve the public good. These hospitals are stabbing the American people in the back. Here's the other thing. Most people don't even know you have the right to this pricing data. The value of this pricing data is we have so much out of pocket now when we have a procedure or a surgery. And knowing what it costs at one hospital versus the next versus the next versus the next can be a complete game changer for you where at one place you could be facing many, many, many thousands of dollars of -of out-of-pocket and another almost none. 
huge percent of bankruptcies in the United States are because of medical debt, even among people that are insured. Half of all people who have their credit messed up, you know, have collections or or delinquencies on their credit report, it's medical debt. Here's another thing. Hospitals are now all about owning doctor practices and then telling you when you need a lab, you need um, x-ray, you need a MRI, CAT scan, giving you an in-hospital network referral for that where you may pay 10 to 20 times the free market price for it. Do you know in every midsize and large market in the United States, there are now freestanding independent diagnostic centers that even if you paid cash, didn't use your insurance, your portion of the bill that you're paying in full is less than what your copay is with your insurance almost always having any of those diagnostics in or at a hospital facility. What you don't know in medicine can eat you up. Krista? Okay, Clark. Laura in North Carolina wants to know, can I invest the stimulus check I received for my child into into a custodial Roth IRA for them? Is the stimulus check considered earned income? Stimulus checks are not considered to be earned income for tax purposes and they're only made to people who meet the income eligibility requirements for them is for using the money into a custodial Roth IRA your child would have to have earned income you can't just put money into a custodial Roth for a kid who isn't working so my kids all uh, were required to have jobs by the time they were 15 And all of them then had Roths starting at age 15. And so when your child is working, that's when you can fund a Roth. And I don't know the age of your child. I don't know if your child is working. But you can contribute to a Roth for your child up to the amount of earned income that your child has in a year. Paige in California says, when it comes to credit card debt, am I better off waiting until the bill comes every month with all of the charges and paying it off in full, or is it okay to pay each charge as it shows up online, which is what I've been doing? So Paige, the beauty of paying the way you're paying is that it has a double effect. You're using a credit card and having the benefits of a credit card, the protections that come with it. Uh, in the event of there's a dispute, chargeback, anything like that that you don't have with the debit card, at the same time, you're not running yourself into debt. The second benefit of what you're doing is you're boosting your credit score by showing your use of available credit to be tiny when each bill closes. So if you can handle the extra work of paying your bill continually, It is to your advantage. The big advantage, though, with paying as somebody can goes to people who have been running balances on a credit card. Every time you have extra money, you throw at that balance and not wait till you pay a bill once a month. You eliminate, since credit card interest rate is calculated daily, you eliminate all that interest on every dollar you paid quicker than you would have paid it at a later date. But what you're doing is 
a tangible benefit on the score front. This is from Gabe in Washington. I work at a technical college helping low-income students access federal grants to help them pay for tuition and establish good financial habits. Many of these students' credit histories are spotty or non-existent. In the past, you've talked about how being an authorized user can build credit. You've also said authorized users don't necessarily need to be given access to the credit line they're piggybacking on. I've read that they can be added to company credit cards, and I'm wondering if this could be a good option for my students to help them build credit while they're in school. My department has its own company credit card. I would appreciate any advice you have on things I should consider before bringing this idea to management. Gabe. I am so honored by your dedication to your students. I mean, you obviously care so much about your students. That is absolutely great. And because you're dealing with a low-income population, a lot of them may not have parents who have a credit standing where they could help their young son or daughter by adding them as an authorized user to a credit card. My understanding of authorized user status is that that is not considered to be a legitimate function for a non-family member to add someone, in this case it would be a, a company card, to add people as authorized users just for the purpose of helping them establish credit. My understanding is that is not a workable option, but I think it's great that you're thinking this way. One thing I'd direct your students to once they are employed is the pedal card at pedalcard.com. It is a visa card that doesn't have any junk fees like a lot of other starter cards. And with it, they use a different method of evaluating someone's risk level different than you'd have with a normal bank-issued card that works strictly based on a FICO score. And that's P-E-T-A-L. Thank you. Sure. My sure. poor pronunciation again or enunciation? No, I mean, it sounds pronunciation similar. Pronunciation or pronunciation? Pedal and pedal, like pedal of bike sound kind of similar, but this is like the flower. Chip in Arkansas says, I just bought an engagement ring online in the $5,000 range, and I want to get it insured. Should I use a homeowner's insurance rider? The jeweler recommends an insurer which quoted $57 per year. I'm not sure if it's a good company or price, but it does state it covers the ring if it's lost and states that a homeowner's rider will not cover in this case. What do you think, Clark? Will I have to pay my homeowner's deductible or not even have the ring covered if my bride-to-be were to lose it while swimming or some other fun activity? That depends on your own homeowner's insurer under what conditions they would cover your ring. Uh, cover her ring. And there is a potential advantage to having a ring covered by an independent insurance policy because of how under homeowners insurance policies, any claim is considered to be a potential bad mark against you for homeowners insurance. So if even if the policies are equal, but the premiums are similar, I like the idea of an independent policy separate from homeowner's insurance to cover the ring. And that is quite a nice ring that you bought for your intended at $5,000. Next, if you use online payment apps, I have a key warning for you. I don't want you to fall prey to a crook. 
I know how much people love the convenience of using Venmo, the Cash App, or the bank-issued cash money service, Zelle. And with these comes extreme simplicity and ease of use. My wife has told me that more and more people for events at our son's school who lay money out or collecting money for a teacher or something like that, they all want the money by Venmo. Uh, Never cash up, I wonder why, but always Venmo. Krista, do you find that with your kid's school? Definitely. Venmo or PayPal, usually Venmo. And the cash app, there's a, there's a segment of the population generally younger that very much has gravitated to the cash app, which is something offered by Square. So what you've got to know is that the fraud happening with hackers getting into your account has become a massive problem. Yahoo Finance did a pretty in-depth story about one person after another after another having problems with Cash App and Venmo. And the problems with scam or fraud happening with Cash App have gone through the roof. The big problem, according to the research done by Yahoo Finance, is that when somebody has a problem, the cash app, in the words of the writer, ghosts them. That they're not there for you at all. The Better Business Bureau has had a shocking number of complaints about cash app. The number about cash app, four times the number about Venmo. Zelle, interestingly enough, has had a teensy tiny number of complaints. And it's funny because I bash Zelle so many times for lack of proper protections for consumers. Also, the Consumer Financial Protection Bureau has been getting a large number of complaints about Cash App. And so I want you to know that when you look at the potential risk to you Using these apps, here it is. Somebody gets in to your account, which you know how much hackers have been able to break into accounts of all kinds. At that point, they have unlimited access to every penny you have, and whatever account is tied into Cash App, Venmo, Zelle, whatever. What we did as a family is we set up a separate account that is tied in only to Venmo. And we only put in a relatively small amount of money to cover routine Venmo transactions over a two-month period. And that's the maximum amount we stand to lose. But person after person after person is losing their money to pay their mortgage, their rent, car payments, bills of all kinds. And then the payment app is like, not our problem. That's on you. And know also when you use these, whether you're using Zelle, Venmo, Cash App, with any of them, if you do choose to use them, 
double check who you're sending the money to before you click to send. Because if you make a clerical error, that money's gone on a one-way trip with no possible way to recover. The reality is, this is an area that I love innovation. This is an area now, because of its failure to police itself well, needs consumer protection rules in place. This is clearly the fault of Square. When I look at the number of complaints of all different types about Square, with the fraud going on, the hacking of the accounts, unbelievable, up 335% year over year. Venmo, by comparison, up 84% year over year. There's definitely a problem going on at Square that they are not taking care of their members of the Cash App. And you fail to take care of people. The reputational harm is one thing, but people have lost their money. And this is why we need clear rules, a law if necessary, to provide clear protections for you as a consumer. Otherwise, do what I've done, set up that separate account, and protect your money. And it's time for your questions about your money. And you got one about Venmo? I do. Joe in Texas sent this in. Venmo is giving users the opportunity to send money through American Express credit cards for no additional fee. The only catch is that one must link the Venmo app to the American Express app. I recently moved my checking account information from Venmo. I removed it due to concerns you expressed. Would linking Venmo to the American Express app be a safe alternative? So I got a question for you, and I don't know the answer to it. Does American Express treat this as a cash advance, even though there's no transaction fee? The mice type is quite long, Krista. See if you can find if it's being treated as a cash advance. Because if it is treated as some form of cash advance, you're paying a fee to American Express for having done that. Does it look clean? It doesn't appear so. It looks pretty clean. So it's treated as a regular charge. Mm -hmm. So I like that, being able to link to the Amex, especially if it's treated as a regular purchase you were getting whatever reward points you would get with American Express in that case, unless their language specifically prohibits it. And I'll do more digging on it, and if there are gotchas there, I'll let you know on a future podcast. Tom in Illinois says, Just before the start of the pandemic, I traveled to Ireland. I had rented a car to drive around Ireland and had prepaid for the best rate I could find. Once I arrived at the rental car pickup, I was told that I must purchase car insurance because supposedly my insurance would not cover me. This was not something I had budgeted for, as I don't think it was disclosed anywhere. What could I have done to either avoid this charge or have paid a more reasonable rate? Tom, this is an Irish curse. (laughs) This has been a problem for car renters in Ireland as far back as I can think, that The Irish car rental industry has extorted more money from more people over the years, and it is an almost unique situation in the world where you are uh, forced 
by many car rental counters uh, companies at the counter to buy insurance coverage. What I have advised people in the past renting a car in Ireland is rent from someone like Auto Europe or even direct from a car rental company where they give you the minimum coverage that is required to get by in Ireland and not get charged. You were probably charged 30 euro a day or something in that range for the ripoff coverage that you were forced to buy at the car rental counter. And it is, to my knowledge, there may be some other country in the world, but all I know is of Ireland with this being a unique problem in a country that supposedly really wants tourists to do something sneaky, rotten, underhanded like this. But by the way, driving in Ireland (laughs) is not for the faint of heart. I was just going to say, I mean, you probably need insurance. I haven't driven there. I was, oof, that is, there's some very tight roads you have to drive through in Ireland for sure. Okay, Scott in Texas says, you talk about Vanguard, Fidelity, and Charles Schwab as your favorites. What makes them different from Betterment? I rarely hear you talk about it and want to know if I'm missing something by not being with one of those three. By the way, I just use them to hold Betterment to hold a Roth IRA and a prior 401k. Betterment and their innovative competitor Wealthfront are both great. So the reason you hear me talk about the big three, Vanguard, Schwab, and Fidelity, is they offer such a complete set of services Uh, Things like at uh, Fidelity and Schwab, where you can do your banking, all your banking kind of stuff there. You can have credit cards with either of them. They offer such a wide array of, let's call it like a supermarket, where Betterment and Wealthfront are more like specialty food stores. I like that analogy. Anyway, so when you hear me talk about Schwab, Fidelity, and Vanguard, and not talk a lot about Betterment and Wealthfront, because I'm always thinking about the people who have imprisoned themselves with one of those full commission stock brokerages or one of the bank-affiliated brokerage arms, both of which are a disaster for your finances and your future. And so I'm trying to give people a place they can go for banking and brokerage that gets them away from the rotten, terrible alternatives that are generally where they've been. But absolutely being at Betterment is a great place to be. All right, Jeremy of Wisconsin says, I'm a combat veteran looking to get a VA home loan. I filed for bankruptcy nine years and 10 months ago. I've worked hard and rebuilt my credit score to a 705 since then. How much might my score go up in two months and should I wait to apply for rates with lenders? Well, first of all, thank you for your service in combat. Second, your credit score is plenty good enough to qualify for a VA loan. You're good. And your rate will be, as a, you know, with VA lenders, will be just fine. And nine years and 10 months out anyway, your bankruptcy disappears at 10 years. So it won't even be a factor in just a couple of months. Check your credit report to make sure that the date for your bankruptcy is properly reported so that it does, in fact, go away sometime in the next 60 days. And once again, thank you for your service. 
And if you want off-air advice away from our podcast, I'm right in the middle of our Team Clark Consumer Action Center. Our broadcast studio for the podcast is in the Consumer Action Center. And we are here providing free one-on-one advice four days a week, Monday to Thursday, pandemic hours. We'll go back to five days a week before too long. You want to know how to get that free one-on-one advice? Go to clark.com slash CAC.